saying goodbye to your fear of missing out. Now your favorite radio hosts, reactions, hot takes and more can be found on the weekly Light 87 podcast. Featuring bite-sized discussions on everything from entertainment to politics. The best of radio now lives online with the Light 87 podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and all other major platforms. Action-packed day here Mm -hmm. for you on the Light Morning Show. Yes. Speaking of Justin Bieber, uh, seeing him out at the at the Met Gala yeah. yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, you know he kept it low profile, uh, but yeah, but wow, um, I think it's been quite insightful, quite interesting, really. I think for us, because while we're still here in lockdown, we're watching all these celebrities out there dressed up, living their best lives, and mm-hmm. um, we can't help but um, you no know, no FOMO at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so we did put up uh, a bit of a gallery of the best um, outfits, in our opinion. Uh, we wanted to know. Who you thought looked the most interesting or maybe the best. Um, a bit of drama there too. I loved Emily Blunt. She looked absolutely I stunning. I loved it too. What was the drama? I haven't followed it at all. Right, so um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. AOC. AOC. What did she say? Right, so she came out there. She was in a, uh, a beautiful white dress. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, behind the dress, on the back of the dress, she had this imprint. Uh-huh. Um, and it said, Tax the Rich. Yes. Um, to which people said, look, we really love the idea. The only thing, though, is you're at an event that costs $30,000 uh, mm-hmm. for anyone to enter. Um, it's a bit contradicting when you're at this luxurious, extravagant event and you've got a dress on that's this tax rich when you paid for uh, you paid for the ticket that costs a lot more than... I wonder who paid for it, though, because she, yeah. she is, she's um, in the Senate. Yeah. But... And she's in Congress, yeah. but um, I don't know if she would have thirty thousand dollars. Just someone must have. That's a lot her. of money. Yeah, isn't it? that's a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, the way I saw it, though, I think, regardless, I think still the fact that she's raising that point, yeah, amongst in, a crowd in of really forum, wealthy people, you know, it's not going to be successful. Let's face it. Mm. But um, good on her for trying. She's yeah. the she's. One of the Fab Four in terms of women in uh, Congress, isn't she? Yeah. Um, so, um, so the internet was quite split. I, in my opinion, I think you know, still um, raising uh, awareness about this topic at a luxurious, extravagant event. Nothing wrong with it, mm. you know. And you're surrounded by people that make huge amounts of money. Yeah. You're kind of normalizing the idea. Uh, like Bandana Gulwardhan is trying to do here in Sri Lanka, you know? Oh, well, you know, yeah. his idea didn't go down very well either. Now, we're talking about Bandana Gulwardhan saying yesterday that people earning over 100,000 should be taxed 5% in order to contribute to uh, COVID relief efforts. But then uh, Dallas Alaho Perama, who is the co-cabinet spokesman, says the government is not considering anything like that. That's just <laughs> his personal opinion. Let him yeah. go and hide his head in his Satosa Jangis. Yeah. But um, no, nothing like that is going to happen. To <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's funny, isn't it? When you have a coalition government and there's some people saying this thing and then the other side has to come and say, no, that's not the thing. That's right. not, you know, it's just creating more work for themselves, really. I, yeah. And, and the kind of the bad PR you get out of it. I wonder if these things had not been discussed beforehand. And, yeah, uh, the, the Sri Lankan Twitter sphere just went crazy. Went crazy. And over Minister. Bandalagunawadana's statement yeah. yesterday. But there's more coming up shortly. Maybe he uh, just felt inspired and he thought, you know what, I've got an idea. I'm going to put this out there. And it didn't go out too well. But 
We'll talk more I about this. Some, some people feel like they have to say something every day, even when they don't have something to say. <laughs> right. You know, when you're in a position like that, you kind of maybe want to flex your, um, you know, how far you can reach people. Mm. Anyway, speaking of reaching people, music variety from yesterday and today. Light 87. You're with Lloyd and Tracy on a Wednesday morning. Hope your morning's going well so far and that you are up and Adam. Here's a bit of news for you about a very important tree to Sri Lanka. Now, the sal tree. It's it's very, very um, auspicious, us being a Buddhist country, and we use the salmal a lot when we are doing anything in relation to worship, offerings, okay. things like that. Okay? So, the salmal, it has... Um, sort of religious connotations not just for Buddhists but for Hindus also right right now it seems there has been a bit of a mix-up and this mix-up is happening more and more and more so now in Sri Lanka we have the Salmal tree and we also have the cannonball tree and what environmentalists are telling us now is that more and more often we are mixing these two trees together and that in recent times, we have started calling the cannonball tree, the sal tree. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm just looking at pictures here. Mm-hmm. The flowers of both trees do look quite similar. Very similar. The difference is, the salmal tree does not have the cannonballs. The though, cannonball which seed is a, pod. quite a huge visual distinction though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how over time we've just co- confused the two, you know. Yes. Yeah. So this is what um, a former director of the Peradaniya Botanical Garden saying. His name is Siri Vijaysundra. And he's talking about the handbook to Flora of Ceylon, which was printed in 1875. And he says, these books contain details of naturalized plants. Uh, and the cannonball tree is very conspicuous in its absence. And he's saying this is because the cannonball tree was only introduced to Peradeniya in 1881 to mark the visit of George V. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the and so the cannonball tree, its Latin phrase is Coropita guinesis. I hope I said that correctly. <laughs> Coropita guinesis. Whereas the sal tree's Latin name is Shorea robusta. Uh, and so it, it seems like a lot of people are getting this confused. And mm. now when you're making offerings uh, in temples and stuff, people are using the, the cannonball flower yeah. and saying, this is a sal flower. Right. And apparently, uh, and this is something that's really interesting. So in 2002, during the peace talks between uh, Chandrika Kumaratunga's government and um, the LTTE, so one of the ideas is that they would both plant a sal tree together to show that they were trying to move forward. Okay. Uh, and, you know, all with the right intentions. But it turns out that it's a cannonball tree they planted and not a sal tree. Interesting. It is, actually. And, and to be fair, um, aside from the trees when they're fully grown, the flowers still look very similar. Yeah. Uh, so be sure to go check it out. Uh, There's a great article um, as well as uh, the great documentation online that you find. Yes. Um, the music you know and love. Do y'all love this song like that? We out here vibing. This is Light 87. Some ab fab mu- uh, news, rather, for us all. So a Sri Lankan author has made it to the shortlist 
of the Booker Prize for 2021. And that is a huge big, big moment. deal. Yeah. No, uh, there's no Sri Lankan writer been on the Booker Prize shortlist since Michael Ondaatje in 1991 or 1993. Wow. Right. And he won for the English patient. Uh, so this is Anuk Arud Prakasam. And it's his second novel. It's called A Passage North. Uh, his first one was called uh, The Story of a Brief Marriage. Um, and he said that um, in the North. Okay. And so he returns to the North for his second novel, which is called A Passage North. And the action takes place in the years following 2009 and the victory, as we like to call it. So it's about a, a young Tamil man named Krishan who has studied in India and has come back to the island and he's working for an NGO in Colombo and living with his mother and ailing grandmother. And then as the novel opens, he gets word that his um, grandmother's former carer, a woman named Rani, has died violently. So Rani has moved back to the north, but she's been suffering a lot. And so Krishan decides to travel to the north to find out what happened to Rani. Is her death an accident, suicide, murder? What is it? And so Krishan uh, decides to go for the funeral. And at the same time, he gets an email from, from his girlfriend in India, who's an activist called Anjum. And so the trip becomes like this twofold journey. One mm-hmm. is the physical journey of traveling to the north by yeah. train. And it is one of the most beautiful train rides ever. Have you ever done it, Lord? I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm set to when oh, things open up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the beauty of Sri Lanka and the diversity, you can really see it on yeah. that train journey. And, you know, once you pass, like, Madhavachya, the landscape just changes and it is just the most stunning. Anyway, really? so the novel sort of covers the physical journey and also the, the psychological one of trying to find out what happening, what happened to Rani as well as his sort of this whatever issue he's having with his girlfriend. Mm. Um, so that's what it's called. A Passage North, Anuk Arubrakasam. And so, so, so happy he's on the shortlist for the Booker Prize. Well done. Congratulations. Um, and we're super proud. Um, so, yeah. So, hey, yeah. be sure to go check that out. Things um, to celebrate, friends. Speaking of which, uh, we've got a great new campaign. We're teaming up with the Creation Trust here in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be encouraging emerging new artists, right? So we're giving you a chance to, if you are a writer, an aspiring one, um, this is your chance to be a part of a workshop yeah. with esteemed names here in Sri Lanka. Uh, we'll tell you more about this in the coming the, days. The Creation Trust is becoming a lot active. And of course, the Creation Trust established by Michael Ondaatje. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I want to say a quick good morning to Tushari. We are asking for your opinions on whether you are comfortable with getting your child vaccinated or not. And uh, Tushari says, yes, I am for it. I will vaccinate my child if the government makes that decision. And that decision, in case you're only just tuning in, is coming up. It's all over the papers today. We'll take that a little bit later. As sure as a rising sun, the songs you know and love. With Light 87. Last night, um, also, uh, the day before, uh, the Minister of Highways, uh, they conducted a bit of a test on the lighting system on the new Kelleni Bridge. um, And it looks gorgeous. Um, It looks really pretty. And it's like the first proper suspension bridge. A real one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not like those dodgy ones <laughs> that you... Uh, that may not make it across. Yeah. Oh, there's one in the Hiovita, if yeah. you're ever passing that way. That one, like, really just gives you conniptions. <laughs> and, of course, I had to walk it because my children insisted on doing it. But I got to a certain point and I was just like, oh, I wanted to, like, get down on my knees and crawl back. <laughs> Can we go back? Yeah. Um, right, so uh, the new Canadian Bridge looking absolutely stunning. We put up pictures of it on our story mode, so go check it out. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realize they had a whole different lighting system where they could switch the colors and all mm. of that. Uh, so it does look pretty promising. Yeah. The music you know and love. It's about music. We're turning it up. This is Light 87. The, the big one this week. Um, so far, well, on top of everything else that's yeah. going on. Um, now, early yesterday, we found out that a state minister had broken into uh, the Valley Cutter prison is what was being reported at the time, intoxicated with a bunch of his friends and goons. And, you know, apparently... They were causing quite the stir when they got to prison. Um, last night, yesterday, um, it broke that it was not the Valley Cutter prison in Colombo. Mm-hmm. It was, in fact, uh, the Anuradhapura prison. Yeah. And I think we can confirm now from the multiple reports um, that it was State Minister for Prison Management, Lohan Ratwata, who was uh, the person that went to the prison and allegedly um, threatened to kill a few of the inmates in prison. Mm. Um, but the story, it's wild. We'll, we'll dive into yeah, it. Yeah, actually, and there's a statement from Gajin Ponambalan on uh, Twitter today. And, you know, Gajin Ponambalan is uh, the MP for Jaffna. He's also the president of the Tamil National People's Front. And he says... The TNPF can confirm that on the evening of the 12th of September, the state minister for prisons had gone to the Anuradha prison, summoned the Tamil political prisoners and had got two of them to kneel in front of him. He then pointed his personal firearm at them and had threatened to kill them on the spot. And of course, the TNPF condemning in the strongest possible terms what they call this dastardly behavior by a state minister. Uh, Clearly, um, intoxication is not the best thing for State Minister Lohan Ratwata. Now, there's uh, a story that came out recently, well, uh, just around Christmas last year. Uh, So a good what, 10 months ago, 9 months ago? Yeah. Um, and this came from Candy. Now, uh, one hotel owner in Candy, um, he did uh, speak to the Colombo Telegraph who posted this story saying that, hey, um, pr- uh, the minister at the time uh, for prisons, Lohan Ratbat, was at his hotel um, and he was out there with another politician and they somehow got into an argument. Oh, dear. A heated argument at which eventually we had State Minister Lohan Ratbat who apparently waved his gun in the air, fired a few rounds into... Uh, in into the sky um, and was kind of posturing and bullying um, the audience there. Mind you, there was children, there were other families. Well, at least he can boast that he did it before the Taliban made it popular. Right. And um, he even got the owner of the hotel and his wife to kind of hold the gun and inspect it before firing a few more rounds and um, just an absolute... Just an average, you know... Just a normal weekend for Dining (laughs) experience. But I want to say hi and good morning to Tanya who says my theory on why he broke into prison is this uh, he constantly ret- longs to return to where he came from so in his intoxicated state all pretenses fell off and he was spontaneously drawn to the place where he, he calls home he calls home well his natural habitat let's say <laughs> thanks for that Tanya loving your comments keep them coming in our number is zero double seven two double six double five double six. and in addition to your comments on this 
story. Uh, we're also taking a poll mm. on whether you feel comfortable getting your children vaccinated ahead of school's opening. So again, yeah. that number zero double seven two double six double five double six. We're also talking about a proposal by State Minister Bandaragunawardena on a five percent tax that he thought would be a great idea uh, for anyone earning above a hundred thousand rupees per month. Again, we had a cabinet co-spokesperson, uh, Dallas, Minister Dallas Alaperimo, who came out to distance themselves, the government, from that statement. But we'd love to know your thoughts in general um, and how badly timed that statement was. Fresh hits and those good old throwbacks, only with us at Light 87. Thanks for joining us. We've got a great story here. Now, this is quite interesting, right, Tracy? Um, this has to do, Lanka Satosa has been the spotlight this week. The news. Right? Yeah. Um, with the Jangi debacle. Mm. Um, now, we've got yet another debacle, yet another story yes, yes. that we're going to talk about. It's titled The Garlic Fiasco, and it is in today's daily news. So, f- apparently, four, so four officials from uh, Satosa have been suspended over the incident of selling two containers with 54,000 kilograms of garlic to a third party. Yeah. I mean, you wonder how 54,000 kilograms of garlic can just sort of slip people's notice. Someone just doing the rounds and they were going through their checklist. They were like, you know, by the way, um, anyone seen 54 tons of garlic? Kilos, kilos. Yeah. Yeah. uh, 54,000 kilos, right? Yeah. So, 54 tons, right? Yes. And like, so someone seen 54 tons of garlic. I reckon, you know, I reckon... It's a lot of garlic. It's a lot of garlic, but I reckon it sort of passed their notice because they were all busy planning their campaign for the new line of junkies that right. they're releasing. So they've been out there, you know, lining Jardika up the junkies. Yeah, so they've been out there, you know, occupied with the junkies. Yes. Meanwhile, two containers full of garlic just went missing. Yes. Jatika Jangi Balavegayo or Janata Jangi it needs something else. Yeah. If you can help us out to finish <laughs> what this new brand of Jangis from Satoso should be, give, yeah. us a, give us a buzz. And zero double seven two double six double five double six. What do you think should be the name of this new Jangi brand that we produce here? Yes. Just as good? <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's more convincing, isn't it? Uh, Not as bad as you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but either way, um, it's, it's it's a shocking story. 54,000 kilos of garlic, just like that. Just, huh? you know. Yeah. And who is the third party? We don't know. No one's telling us. But in the meantime, I want to say hi to Suranji. And she's chiming in on the other thing that we're talking about today, which is, uh, again, Mr. Bandula Gunawadana is just in the news all the time these days. So this is about the statement he made yesterday saying that people earning over 100,000 rupees should be taxed 5% to add to the COVID relief efforts. Um, and of course, the internet kind of blew up about that yesterday. And this is uh, Suranji's contribution. She says, I'm just trying to figure out the logic behind charging 5% from 100,000 from an average earning family when even that amount is not enough for us to survive for a month. And at the same time, the same people are charging 1% from the top level of people to turn their black money to white money. Mm. Mm. Yeah, see... Yeah, thanks for that, Suranji. Suranji, you've got a great point, by the way. We've got to give you credit where it's due. Um, and again, instead of hitting the middle-income earners, you know, with this 5%, 
why not focus that? I mean, we know we've got some pretty high earners here in the city. Um, you know, a large number of millionaires in the region, South Asia. Um, why aren't we kind of imposing a bit of a tax on the upper echelon of the income earners? You know, we, we would make more very, sense for it. Very, very important questions. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, do get at us on 0772-665566. The music you know and love. You got this shit to love, homie. So let's go. This is Light 87. Now we are turning to a top story of the day. And we'd like your input on this. Also, this comes from New Zealand. I can't do a New Zealand accent. <laughs> now, it turns out, Get this, they've done a big study on potty training cows. Correct. This it's is not what a joke. In first world countries, you This got is an, yeah, total, you get total so much sort of example of first world problems, <laughs> right? right? You're like, we've got a bunch of scientists, a lot of cash, what are we going to do? We'll, we'll see if cows can be potty trained. <laughs> right. Now, in case you're wondering what the potty is called, it's called a moo loo. And I ain't making that up. I mean, this, so this what? They spent all... two minutes on the name, huh? So yes, yeah, so um, so they've uh, spent a lot of money because they've got a lot of cows in New Zealand, and apparently they chew a lot. Mm. Like they pee constantly. Do you know that one cow produces eight gallons of pee per day? And if you've got a million cows, you don't want to think about how much chew that is. Yeah. But the problem with all this chew and and with the poo is that, you know... And the farts, which damage the ozone. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing, right? So the pee and the poo, when it sort of mixes together, it it creates ammonia and can result in acid rain. And now New Zealanders are absolutely (laughs) worried about this because, you know, there's a lot of cows there and they don't want acid rain. Yeah. I mean... These, these cows are real jokers. No, I mean, what are we doing with so many cows? You know, the farts, like you say, are destroying the ozone. And now their pee is creating uh, acid, rain. acid rain. You know, I made the conscious choice. Um, I, for one, I've loved steak my entire life. But last year, I thought, you know what? After a conversation with a friend, decided to give it up altogether. Really? Um, and this was um, a more, you know, not that I don't like steak anymore. But just I, I just thought, you know what? Let's spare the cows. Because they're cuter than the chickens. Well, so, um, I think I might have to go back on that. Uh, what do you mean they're cuter than the chickens? Chickens are dinosaurs. <laughs> right. Right? They're, they're very special. Don't exactly. say things like that. Listen, we'd love to hear from you as well. Yes. So, we, do write in. We, we also know that cows have a sweet tooth. And they like mostly molasses. Mm. And this all these wonderful things you find out from this yeah. Study. Didn't, didn't know they had such a fine yes, taste. Yes, in food. and apparently training cows to use the potty takes about two weeks. Mm. God, I wish my children took that little a time. Right, uh, it took a lot more than two weeks. So there you go. Your cows learn to use the potty faster than your children will. And other important news also coming up on the morning show. The music you hold near and dear, Light eighty seven. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. It's time for your Daily Mirror headlines. And remember, you can find them at dailymirror.lk. Going to start off with the COVID-19 situation report as of September 14, 2021. Total total confirmed cases, 490,957. Active cases, 63,741. New cases, 1,628. Recovered and discharged, 415,649. 
reported deaths 136, bringing the total number of deaths to 11,567. In the meantime, today's big headline. The country will reopen after next Monday. That's a, minute, a statement from State Minister Sudarshini Fernandopoulay. Uh, and the minister has rejected rumours that COVID vaccines would cause infertility and sexual dysfunction. I mean... This is just getting out of hand. The amount of press time this nonsense is receiving. There is no scientific evidence whatsoever. It's funny how it seems to be uh, the biggest pressing thing for Sri Lankans in general. MSG, does it uh, affect my fertility? Yeah. Um, Doctrine Cornegla? Anyway. Yes, let's carry on. Um, Anyway, the statement that the country will reopen has been reflected also by Cabinet Spokesman Dallas Alahoperma, who says island-wide lockdown will be lifted. He says farmers all over the country have had to struggle. Um, Consumers in many instances are paying exorbitant prices uh, to purchase fruit and vegetables. And people have gone much suffering, undergone much suffering, and so they're going to reopen it. Um, and along with that headline comes this headline that there's going to be free rapid antigen tests for Colombo residents. That's only residents from Colombo 1 to 15, but that's going to be free from today. Uh, and if you want to get a rat test, you can go to Campbell Park between 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. today, and you'll be able to get a free test. Um, In the meantime, China approves Sinopharm to be used on children between 12 and 17 years of age. That's from the Chinese embassy. And along with that, we have a statement from the venerable Omlape Sobitatera, who says school children should not be used as guinea pigs and is calling on the government not to rush into vaccinating students and that, and that's one big story and here's another one that's developing eu expresses regret over government's decision not to support un framework so the eu is saying uh, that they're sad that the sri lankan government <laughs> is not going to support the un's recommendations as to how we should address the legacy of past conflict of acknowledging um, the suffering of victims and to foster accountability, reconciliation and human rights. Mm. Um, but GL Pierce, our foreign minister, is saying we are committed to achieving tangible process on the entire range of issues. But the core group um, that studied Sri Lanka has raised concerns on the current human rights crisis in Sri Lanka and they're upset about the lack of progress on accountability mm-hmm. um, and the need, they've stressed that there's a need to reform the Prevention of Terrorism Act. Um, here's a very interesting headline. This is a statement from State Minister S.M. Chandrasena from the Anuradhapura area and he says, Basil will present a budget similar to one created with Aladdin's lamp. I mean, a what do you magi- think he a, did? A magical one. Got out the brasso and made three wishes? What's he rubbing though? I don't know. Um, yeah. So, Mr. Chandrasena is saying that Mr. Basil Rajapaksa's budget, which he's going to present in November, yeah. is going to be revolutionary. <laughs> three well, wishes? Yes. I mean, if you're using a magic lamp, that's definitely revolutionary. If someone came up with you, uh, to you... Not to mention illusionary. Right. If uh, someone had a proposal for a new budget... 
they give you three wishes as part of that budget, what would you pick? Oh, uh, goodness, what would I pick? Yeah. Money for everybody. Mm-hmm. Enough money for absolutely everybody. Affordability. The ability for everyone to live a decent life without yeah. all these things being heaped on us, I mm. guess. Right, one wish. Um, and here's a final headline. The TNA calls for the immediate arrest of Lohan Ratwatha for allegedly threatening prisoners. Now, this is also um, the fact that it's not Wellikata prison. It is Anuradha uh, for a prison that Lohan Ratwatha is supposed to have broken into under the influence of alcohol with his friends. Mm. Um, and here's a statement from Gajan Ponnambalam. Um, who is the president of the TNPF and who's also a part of the TNA. And he says that a minister can behave in this manner when the UNHCR's gaze is on Sri Lanka only shows how unperturbed the state is with regards to the UNHRC. If Sri Lanka is not taken beyond the UNHRC to the ICC as a matter of urgency, the plight of Tamil victims stands to to deteriorate far more. So that's the roundup of headlines in the Daily Mirror today. Novelty and nostalgia, all in one place. Light 87. Good morning, you with Lloyd and Tracy. We're going into some entertainment news right, right now. Um, just quick, quick thought on that song. And it's just the perfect amalgamation of so many different things. It's a love song. Yes. But they've made it otherworldly. Yes. A, a, a galactic experience of a song. Love it. Now, speaking of um, otherworldly, now this movie is doing really well right now. Dune is, um, you know, of course, out. Yes. Certain parts of the world. Oh. For those of you that love the original, that have been waiting for this, and with so much hype going in, Typically, you get a bit nervous because you don't know if the I movie very nervous. will live up to it. Yeah. Turns out, Tracy, from all the reviews coming out universally, uh-huh. people absolutely love the movie. Oh, it's about time. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. there was that Kyle McLaughlin one, which was made, I, I guess, in the 80s. So it's very dated and aged. And mm. I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. Sting played Fade Ralph right. in that. Yeah. And, um, and this movie is no prequel or sequel to that. It's, it's, a, it's a complete rework yeah. of, of the original script. And um, and big, big cast as well. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Josh Brolin. Um, Jason Momoa. What they're calling it is a very moody um, mm. It's they're calling it an experience as opposed to a great film. That's great because uh, I'm a diehard yeah. fan of the books, and it is very experiential. And if yeah. you can't, and that's what all, all these adaptations. Uh, there was even one with James McAvoy called Children of Doom, Dune, um, and um, they just can't capture the some of the experiential stuff right. you know it, it's been very difficult for them and and I can see why like cinematically it's very difficult to create images that the words kind of build in your head right and so, um, they're also saying that this one um, it's the perfect bridge between a good movie mm-hmm. great filmmaking and art Oh. Which is a hard dance, which is a very fine line, by the way. So, yes. um, really excited. Very, very, very. I'm going to go and try and find that immediately. But now, uh, speaking of, um, you know, classics that we're all very addicted to, there's news about Lord Littlefinger, a.k.a. Aidan Gillen. Now, he's since been quite busy since his days on the Game of Thrones. He's landed a new gig in which he's going to play Hugh O'Neill, um, in a Gaelic epic that is titled The O'Neill. 
um and in it um the story follows Hugh O'Neill's journey from a 9-year-old boy sent away in 1560 to an English court to when he returns to Ireland after he comes of age to take over the crown and embrace his Irish heritage and yeah. uh, you know go to war against England and stuff like that so there you go little finger well Aidan Gillan finally gets a throne he's even such a great actor even though it isn't the iron throne even though he came so close there yeah shout out to the Stark sisters for that <laughs> right mm. um, in other entertainment news Idris Elba is set to reprise his role as Luther in a new movie uh, for Netflix um, again Andy Serkis is going to be a part of it for, for those of you that are big fans of Luther um, you have that to look forward to also Marvel are coming out with a Hawkeye a TV series alright so stay tuned for that as well the music you know and love. Y'all love this song like that? We out here vibing. This is Light 87. We've got a few bits of news here. The SLMA, uh, who was saying that Sri Lanka, even though the numbers have been coming down and we're talking of reopening the country potentially on Monday, we're still not out of the woods yet. Nope, nope. We're fairly well into the woods still. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, before we sign off, though, a quick mention of the birthdays today. Yeah. Tom Hardy being one. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's got a new Venom movie coming out soon. We've got Oliver Stone, who's celebrating his birthday. And our favorite ginger. <laughs> Is he, though? Is he? <laughs> Prince Harry celebrating his birthday today. So um, it's, if you're celebrating your birthday, you're in good company. Right. You're so, in royal yeah. company. And have a so, great birthday. Yeah. Um, quick roundup of some of the big topics for the day. Yeah, some of the big topics for the day. Really big, important ones. Um, scientists in New Zealand have been training cows to pee and poo in what they're calling moo-loos because uh, apparently cows pee like eight gallons per day. Uh, and that's a lot of pee for just one cow. Anyway, so they are saying it can lead to acid rain, so they're trying to uh, sort of train cows to poo <laughs> in one place. However, scientists are warning people not to train their cows to belch or fart because they would blow up. Um, and <laughs> in other great news, we've got the fact that Anuk Arud Prakasam, uh, who's a Sri Lankan novelist, has made the shortlist for the Booker Prize with his second novel um, titled A Passage North. That's Fabulous news for us. It's the first Sri Lankan to make that list since Michael Ondachi in the early 90s. It's a big deal. Mm-mm. Really big moment. Yeah. Super proud of him yeah. uh, for the achievement as well. And one final thing that we've been mistaking cannonball flowers for salmal. There's a whole story there uh, which will take another time. But yes, if you are looking at cannonball trees and calling them salmal, they are not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's a whole article about it that um, we're gonna. I'm going to put it up on Twitter, actually, if you want to have a look at it. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok and on Facebook. We are <laughs> Light87. Catch up with us tomorrow morning. Say goodbye to your fear of missing out. Now your favorite radio hosts, reactions, hot takes and more can be found on the weekly Light 87 podcast. Featuring bite-sized discussions on everything from entertainment to politics. The best of radio now lives online with the Light 87 podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and all other major platforms.